College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden. And President Barack Obama, former President Obama, was on with Anderson Cooper on CNN last night, talking about fatherhood and his legacy and all of these platitudes. But he squeezed in a few things that I think we could all take exception to. And he positioned everything like he always does, like the demagogue-in-chief that he is, using emotion to pit one side against the other. Now, this is not what I try to do. Quite frankly, I I get a lot of criticism because I try to be rather conciliatory towards the other side. I try to use facts and evidence and logic and whatever I can get my hands on to kind of debunk the thinking of the left. But President Obama just uses, excuse me, President Obama, I just called him President Obonnet by accident. Anyway, President Obama uses these broad strokes platitudes to just uh, cast a wide net and paint with a broad brush. And I think it's unfair. But he talked about everything under the sun. And one of the things that he talked about was critical race theory. Now, I was looking at a clip from that on Mr. Producer's Rumble channel, and I thought that you would benefit from hearing it. So I want you to hear a little bit of what he had to say. I also think that there are certain right-wing media venues, for example, that monetize and capitalize on stoking the fear and resentment of Uh, a white population that is witnessing a changing America and seeing uh, demographic changes and and do everything they can to give people a sense that um, uh, their way of life is threatened and that people are trying to take advantage of them. And we're seeing it right now, right, where uh, you would think with all the public policy debates that are taking place right now that, you know, the Republican Party would uh, be engaged in a significant debate about uh, how are we going to deal with the economy and what are we going to do about climate change and what are we going to do about lo and behold the the single most uh, important issue to them apparently right now is critical race theory who knew that 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 was the threat to our republic okay i get it mr president so it is the republicans that are the liars and again i'm not saying that they're saints But it seems like he's never wrong. He's never been wrong. He's never been at fault. President Obama is just absolute perfection, in his own opinion. All right. Well, I mean, I can understand that. But this is how far they go, right? He goes on to talk about Republicans in very, how do I put it, unflattering ways. And again, it's not about defending Republicans or putting them down. It's just about getting to the truth. But they go on. They dig deeper. And when I say they, I mean the left, collectively. Because this is part of what they do is to redefine, to recreate. They want to destroy what is and create something new. And I think that's what makes so many conservatives so traditional. We're traditionalists. We're like, hey, look, men have married women since the beginning of time. Why should we uh, uh, change a good thing, right? If it's not broke, don't fix it. 
but it's because they say that we're nuts. Now, President Obama goes off on this crazy critical race theory tangent, but I have this audio clip here from psychiatrist Aruna Kelani at a Yale lecture entitled The Psychopathic Problem of the White Mind. And this is from two months ago on April 6th. I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person. Crazy stuff. I want you to listen to what a psychiatrist Aruna Kalani had to say. Check this out. Psychoanalysis was used on, as a weapon on me to have aspects of her mind, a projection which I'll unpack. She'd attack me through racist interpretations and then make my anger, quote, the problem. I spent years unpacking her racism to her while she charged me cash money for years. And then she'd attempt to, quote, teach me because she had concern about my anger. I couldn't get her to shut up. This is the cost of talking to white people at all. The cost of your own life as they stuff you dry. There are no good apples out there. White people make my blood boil. Around five years ago, I took some action. I systemically, systematically, I'm going to do, white groups did most of my white friends, and I got rid of a couple white bypass that snuck in my throat, too. I stopped watching the news. Once I started, I couldn't stop. I had less than 1% left. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. It was also public service. I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way, daring their body, and wiping my bloody hands as I walked away relatively gentle. What a like that. Like I did the world a favor. Holy smokes. Listen, I hear this and I say, I think to myself, oh snap, she really just said, they suck you dry. This is the cost of talking to white people. This absolute insanity. And this term, BIPOX, I think it's the funniest thing. Black, indigenous, people of color. We have to define people by groups and give them acronyms. I always make the joke and I say BIPOC, not to be confused with Tupac. And I'm talking about Tupac Shakur, the rapper, because this stuff is just crazy to me. And I do this all day. But the Yale crazies, they have fantasies of killing people. Now, this is part of critical race theory. Last night I was on the uh, radio in Detroit doing a show with my buddy Brandon Bryce. Big shout out to Brandon Bryce on AM 910, the superstation out of Detroit. And he um, asked me some questions. We went at it and I got to take calls with him with some of the callers. And the guy calls in and tells me, you know, I don't want to disrespect the guest, but referring to me as the guest, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's using this term critical race theory as if it's not just a legal term. It's a legal terminology that comes from the law schools. This has nothing to do with second graders. And of course, I I had to school him and tell him, no, this stuff is going on. This is why moms like Tatiana Ibrahim are going out there and challenging their local school boards, saying, no, we don't want this. When you've got psychologists like this, psychiatrists and others that are part of this movement, that put these things together and they go out there and then they become activists. So now you've got shrinks that are saying, oh, it feels great to just unload and kill all these white people because they suck you dry. 
Now again, even if I'm being hyperbolic here, I didn't say these words, nor do I ever say these words. I always stand against violence on the left. I always stand against violence overall. Because what we need to move forward is a return to civility, not a departure from it. But this is where we're at. People don't understand all of the facts. They don't know what's going on. Everybody wants to make assumptions and everybody's got their arms up ready to be defensive. No, I didn't. That's your problem. That's your fault. You did this. You did that. I didn't do anything. It's not my fault. We're not going to get anywhere like that. We've got to know the facts and be able to get around the facts and improve because otherwise we're going to be screwed. Now, Obama says that the dark fringes of the Republican Party have taken uh, center stage and he thought that the institutional guardrails that were once there would protect us. This was something that he told Anderson Cooper. And I say, right back on him, Mr. Obama, why is it that the dark fringes of the Democrat Party have taken center stage? Why is it that AOC is the poster child for Democrat politics today, or I should say Democrat socialist politics. Where are the institutional guardrails in the Democrat Party? Why aren't Democrats standing up and calling out Biden for his inactivity at the border? And we're going to blast uh, good old Kamala Harris, the vice president, in a little bit in the third segment. But Barack Obama says it's time for us to worry when a major party accepts the fringe as the mainstream. Well, I've got to say, if you think that's happening in the Republican Party, I think you're probably wrong. I don't think you've got David Duke running the Republican Party. But we do have AOC front and center for the Democrats. And if that's not a problem, I don't know what is. Keep it locked right there. We're going to get to all of that and more, plus what's going on with Amazon and all that crazy stuff. This is America. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. So if you want to get in touch with me, just uh, hit me up at Rich Valdez with an S or go to the website, uh, richvaldez.com. The richvaldez.com is our flagship website. You can get all the shows there. And let me tell you, I do check that stuff periodically. I love it when people go to the Contact Rich section and uh, click it and send a note because a lot of times these are very... um, endearing messages, affirmations of encouragement, and they mean the world to me. Picky with the advertising here, so we try not to bombard you, but we need to get more advertising in here, so you're going to hear a little bit more advertising as we move forward, and hopefully uh, you'll begin to patronize some of those products, because this is what's going to pay to get this message out there. So I thank you for that. I thank you for that in advance. I also thank you for sharing this and sending it to people through your inbox, through through Facebook Messenger, through SMS texting, through whatever, because I know that big tech loves to put the stranglehold on a conservative message, and they try to stop it from getting out there, and that's why we use Rumble. And make sure you're subscribed to the Rumble channel, rumble.com slash Rich Valdez, and I actually have a This Is America page as well. Subscribe to them both. I put videos on both, and I try to keep everybody in touch with what's going on with me on TV, with any videos, with the news. Um, That's just part of what we're doing to get this message out there. And talking about messages, there's a few companies today that are not getting a message out there at all. And that's because they've been hacked. Or perhaps I'm jumping to conclusions, maybe not hacked, but they're definitely down. Amazon, Spotify, Reddit, and Twitch are all down. 
this morning, and this is the Tuesday edition of This is America. Users are reporting problems trying to access the services. The issues affecting customers worldwide appear to be related to Amazon's web service crashing, leaving people unable to connect to other websites. This is according to Daily Mail. Whenever I see news like that, I think, something's wrong. This can't be good. Speaking of not good, and Amazon at the same time. I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw something that Matt Schlapp had tweeted out, chairman of the American Conservative Union, uh, head of CPAC. Big shout out to Matt Schlapp and Mercedes Schlapp. Great people, great organization. But what I find really interesting is that he put this video of a woman receiving a package from Amazon and they get into this little verbal tiff. And you've heard about this, I'm sure. But I had not seen the video. I had only heard about it on the news. And the Amazon worker, which I believe is a 21-year-old female, BIPOC, I'm going to go with BIPOC, and uh, maybe a 67-year-old Caucasian woman. And they get into this thing, and the woman gives her an eye roll and gives her some attitude. And this girl just starts wailing on her one fist, one punch after another. And I was like, oh, snap, UFC meets Amazon. Totally uncalled for, totally uh, unprofessional, obviously. But the comments that Matt Schlapp made were interesting. I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but you can check it out on Twitter if you want, at Rich Valdez on Twitter. I retweeted that, and you could see it. But one of the things he said was people that are angry because their emotions are being inflamed by this inflammatory rhetoric that we get from critical race theory from people like former President Barack Obama feel like they're at their wit's end, especially people that are young that don't know better, that didn't, that don't remember living life where we didn't punch people in the face just because we didn't like them, because they forgot to quote-unquote check their white privilege, because that's how this thing started. She said, you need to check your white privilege. So this person felt slighted because of the other person's race. Think of how crazy that is. Typically, we go, you know what? You're a jerk. You don't have to talk to me that way. You're an a-hole. Up yours, pal. F you. All sorts of things. But not... Just not beating somebody down on camera so that you lose your job and potentially get an assault charge. She's 21. Even if it's a simple assault charge. I mean, unless it's New York. In New York, she'll get uh, fingerprinted. Maybe she'll get a ticket. But they... uh, What do they like to call those? The desk appearance ticket or the disappearance ticket because nobody ever comes back. These are some of the issues that we face today. And people are knocking each other out over this nonsense, over delayed Amazon packages. The other day I read something that said that it's wrong. I'm lying. I didn't read it. I heard it on one of my favorite podcasts, the Luis Jimenez show. It's in Spanish. He's a broadcaster that was on the air in New York City back in the days and has a podcast now. And he's terrific. Probably reaching a lot more people on the podcast than he did doing local, even syndicated radio in New York because podcast has this amazing reach. But he said something about it's okay for blacks and Hispanics to be late and it's racist for you to say that we're late because being on time is part of being white. I mean, the craziest thing. And I'm going to look into that. We'll do more of it on the next show because I think that in and of itself is worthy of its entire uh, own segment. But when you look at that type of craziness and you have this Amazon driver that just goes crazy and, you know, you got the internet that's broken because these servers don't work and all this crazy stuff is going on, it makes you think, why and how? Well, part of it is Amazon, right? Amazon is now allowing the sale of T-shirts that apparently violate their own policies. 
Now, they have a policy against offensive goods, but yet they're selling anti-police, anti-Semitic, and pro-Antifa merchandise. Now, this is, you know, one of those issues where I like to say, I don't really like to get involved in censoring people's speech, whether it's a t-shirt that I like or don't like. It's not my thing. But Amazon is selling controversial items that go against their own guidelines, and that's the crux of this. That's where the rub comes in. Pro-Antifa, anti-police, anti-Israel merchandise, even though it violates their own corporate policy. The company's taken down multiple products in the past, and again, this is also in Daily Mail. Amazon pulled the Confederate flag back in 2015 after the tragic shooting at a historic black church in Charleston, South Carolina. The company removed the Dukes of Hazard from its streaming service because of Confederate flag imagery. Now, I gotta tell you, and this may disappoint so many of you out there, so if it does, hey, chew the meat, spit out the bones. But I'm no fan or defender of the Confederate flag. I've always considered it to be a traitorous rag, and that's my position on it. I've heard, I've listened to the history. I've listened to the the grandiose explanations of what a great military tactician Robert E. Lee was, and I still err on the side of caution here when I say I think it's a racist rag, and I think that he was a rebel, and that's it. He was a treasonist. He, during a time of war, aided and abetted the enemy, the South. If you don't like that, too bad. Now, Amazon goes on and they have all these other things that they've got. And they this is a quote, their statement, official statement is, Amazon does not allow products that promote, incite, or glorify hatred, violence, racial, sexual, religious intolerance, or promote organizations such as, uh, such views. It goes on, blah, 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 but it's kind of boring, so I'm not going to get into all that. And they do the same thing with books. And this is their way of avoiding uh, accountability with certain items and just having to be able to get away from something, having a scapegoat, if you will. I'm all for free speech, decorum, couth, and decency. And all of those things must always be there. We can have the free speech, but we have to have common sense to go along with it. This is the reason why people can't run around saying, and some do, you know, I love to abuse children sexually. It's their right, but is it? Not really, right? So, I mean, there are limitations on this free speech. And I guess Amazon, instead of adhering to that standard, they they adhere to the standard that they feel like it. Dukes of Hazard, and I'm not defending the Dukes of Hazard. I like the Dukes of Hazard. Great movie. Love Daisy Dukes. She's terrific. But bottom line here is, I don't think they should be knocked off of Amazon because of the Confederate flag imagery that's on their car, the General Lee. As much as I don't like that, I don't have I don't have to watch it. That's my choice. This is why we got to fight for freedom. We've got to stand up for things because otherwise people will run amok and just say, well, that's offensive, but this isn't. I'm offended when somebody says that because I'm brown, quote unquote, I'm Puerto Rican, right? I'm American. Uh, of Puerto Rican heritage and that for that very reason I'm not allowed to be on time to places that I should somehow embrace the bad habit of tardiness and again not jumping right into that right now but I just think it's offensive and we shouldn't embrace these things instead we gotta be more like Gandhi and I've shared this before and you know the abbreviated quote from Gandhi is that we have to be the change we want to see in the world The full quote, and that's a paraphrase, the full quote from Gandhi is, if we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man, 
changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world change towards him. We do not wait to see what others do. And this is where he's talking about mirroring the world. So yes, on that note, we must be the change that we want to see in the world. And I think the radicals do it, and they do it in a bad way. And I think patriots like you and me need to do it and do it in a good way. Anyway, keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. Straight ahead, we're going to talk about what's going on with this article in the Wall Street Journal that says more and more Latinos are leaving the Democrats and the left. Plus, AOC is mad at Kamala Harris, a.k.a. Kamala Harris. Don't move a muscle. We're just getting started. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. Check us out at richvaldez.com. And more and more Latinos are bidding adios to Democrats. This is in the Wall Street Journal by Will McGurn. And he writes that for decades, some conservatives like himself have argued that Latino Americans with their ethic of faith and family and hard work ought to be natural fits for the Republican Party. On Saturday, a South Texas city on the Mexican border elected a new mayor. Javier Villalobos gave America a glimpse of what this future might look like when he became the first Republican elected mayor of McAllen, Texas, the 85% Latino seat of Hidalgo County. Here's a quote from Mike Gonzalez from the Heritage Foundation. He says, Villalobos' election should surprise absolutely no one who followed how counties in the Rio Grande Valley swung heavily toward Trump in the last election. The plot to change America, how identity politics is dividing the land of the free, is the name of his book. Mr. Gonzalez noted that the 2016 election favored Hillary Clinton by 41 points making that the first victory for a Republican presidential candidate since Warren Harding nearly a century ago. These developments have Democrats sounding the alarm. A post-election analysis in May from three left-leaning organizations noted that while Latino turnout in 2020 grew dramatically over 2016, Democrats saw a significant dip in support of places with high concentrations of Latino and Hispanic voters. Nor were Republicans simply sitting on the sidelines all the while. When asked by Texas Monthly what was attractive to Latinos about the Republican Party, Chuck Rocha, an advisor to the Bernie Sanders presidential campaign, said that the RNC convention, the party had one Latino speaker after another telling their immigration story and how they lived the American dream. And if you just sit back and watch that or read the coverage, you might think, hey, these Republicans are all right. They like immigrants. They want to build entrepreneurship. They want us all to be rich like Donald Trump. A new National Republican Senatorial Committee survey of Latino likely voters in battleground states offers some striking insight here, especially on values and priorities. At a time when some conservatives are attacking the GOP, commitment to free speech, free markets, and other things, the NRSC's result is striking. The survey asked Latinos to choose between two statements. The first was unadulterated Milton Friedman. Here's the quote. Some people say free market capitalism is the best form of government because it gives people the freedom to work and achieve. The second statement is what they call the AOC option. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, our least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens. And here's the quote on that one. Other people say it's socialism, 
which is the best form of government because it's way more fair and equitable for working class people. Almost two-thirds, 63% of the respondents opted for the Milton Friedman statement. Only 17% opted for the AOC statement. Hardly surprising, given that so many Latinos came to the U.S. in the first place to escape socialism. But capitalism is still just the beginning of their surprises. Check out these stats. Wall Street Journal. 67% are very concerned that their kids won't have the same opportunities that the family went there to find originally. 58% too many people in America are just not happy to go to work and want to live off the government. 80% agree that public schools are failing. 67% agree that too many Americans are losing traditional values centered on faith and family and freedom. Speaking of faith and family and freedom, the Faith, Family, and Freedom Coalition is having their event coming up soon. We're going to have the president, uh, Tim Head. He's going to be on the program soon, so just a quick plug on that. 57% oppose Democrat efforts to pack the Supreme Court with liberal judges. 72% agree that we should do what is necessary to control our southern border. 72%. So, I mean, these are Latinos telling you exactly what they think and feel. 65% oppose the Democrats' bill that would make voter ID illegal. I think everybody and their mother knows you're a lot safer and you got a lot less fraud, a lot less cheating if you show up and you give your ID and you say, hey, this is me, here's my face, here's my photo, blah, 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 let's do it. I'm going to vote. 50% agree that many of the policies the Democrats say help all minorities actually end up hurting Hispanic families. So what was the conclusion from the National Republican Senatorial Committee? The political future isn't California, it's Florida. Florida's electorate, the report notes, is substantially less white than it was in 2000, yet it's also more Republican than it was 20 years ago. Still, if more Latinos are willing to pull the GOP lever these days, it's probably because the Democrats have lurched so far leftward and it's not because of brilliant Republican outreach. And this is, uh, again, McGurn in the Wall Street Journal. And he goes on to the riots and he talks about critical race theory, saying critical race theory insists that Americans who are not white Anglo-Saxon Protestants must see themselves as aggrieved victims who want to transform America. But people don't fit into these neat categories that are cooked up in faculty lounges. It's turning people off, especially Americans of Latin background. The Democrat postmortem seems to confirm that Mr. Gonzalez's take from the Heritage Foundation, the GOP is conceding that it, it successfully cast Democrats in 2020 as the party of economic shutdowns, defunding the police, keeping schools closed, and socialism. So the Republican attempts to brand Democrats as radicals worked. I'm going to say that wasn't the Republicans' attempt to brand them. That was the Democrats allowed the radicals to get a foothold, a stronghold in the party. You find me a Democrat besides Joe Biden, and maybe not even, who gets more press than AOC. You're going to be hard-pressed to find them. That's the direction they want to go in. And this is part of the problem. And we're not just seeing it in Washington or in Texas. We're seeing it all over the place, including right here in New York City. In New York City, there's a mayoral race. And as you know, mayoral races always become a big national headline when they're in LA, when they're in New York. Sometimes other big cities make these big headlines. 
And this one's making headlines. There's been a lot of several debates. Mainly the Democrats are getting all the focus. But of course, I want to talk about the GOP debate, the one that nobody's talking about or not enough people are talking about. And that's the one between Fernando Mateo, a Dominican immigrant. It's a, it's a storybook story adopted by a Jewish family. They teach him the business. He gets into business. He becomes an entrepreneur, starts a business, becomes successful, opens a nightclub. He advocates for taxis with the uh, taxi advocacy union or association that he started, had a similar organization that he ran for bodegas and bodega owners. He's a New Yorker, but he claims to be a Trumper. And I don't know how accurate that is because having been doing what we do here, you kind of know who your friends are. You know who your allies are. And I don't think I've ever seen Mr. Mateo before in those circles. But there's lots of uh, publicity about him being a bundler, um, raising money for, yep, you know who, the mayor of New York City, Bill El Bobo de Blasio. Now, Bill El Bobo de Blasio, Bolshevik Bill, was getting donations from Mr. Mateo. It gets more interesting because... Neither one of these guys is a bastion of conservatism, per se. It's New York. New York doesn't necessarily always produce the best conservatives. Although I got to say, it took a long time in the making, but Trump has been one of the most conservative governing presidents that we had. But there's not a ton of pictures of Matteo and Trump. There's not a lot of uh, evidence that Mr. Matteo is a Trumper. Now, I'm going to step out on a limb here and say, does it even matter if you're a Trumper in New York City? Donald Trump doesn't live in New York City. Donald Trump's got zero to do with the New York City election for mayor. It doesn't matter. Now, the other candidate, Hispanics know him. They love him. They love him so much that he was once Grand Marshal of the Puerto Rican Festival in the Bronx, helped clean up this city, Curtis Sliwa, founder of the Guardian Angels. Now, Curtis Sliwa has admitted to not being a Trumper. He's never denied it. He had a radio program and was out there blasting Trump on the issues he didn't agree with, and he would agree with Trump when he thought he was doing the right thing. Curtis has been a Republican most of my lifetime that I've known him. He became an independent for a while to run the Reform Party because New York needs reform. But the bottom line is a city like New York has to have a focus on the issues. And in my opinion, Mr. Mateo is just picking a very inopportune time to launch a campaign because he'd otherwise be a very attractive candidate in New York. Now, I think something that may help him or may not, I'm not sure, is an endorsement he just got from General Flynn, General Michael Flynn from the MAGA movement. And I have much respect for General Flynn. I've spoken to him a couple of times on the phone. He is a patriot. When he's called into the Mark Levin show, I've had that opportunity. However, when... It comes to New York City, Republican politics, whose endorsement is going to weigh more? A two-term former mayor of New York City, crime fighter, born in Brooklyn, took down the mob, held the country together through 9-11. I'm talking about that kid from Brooklyn, Rudy Giuliani, one of President Trump's closest advisors and attorney. Or a four-star former general from Rhode Island. General Flynn. He's an expert in intelligence. Obama had appointed him to run the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency. Incredibly capable, very smart. But what does that have to do with New York City? So when it comes to 
Who knows the politics of New York? Rudy Giuliani has endorsed Curtis Sliwa. I think that endorsement is a heavy-duty endorsement because Rudy Giuliani was the mayor of New York City. Of course, Flynn and Giuliani are both awesome patriots, but Rudy knows New York City, and he embraced Curtis and the Guardian Angels when they cleaned up New York City back in the 90s. Only one candidate in this race has that experience of cleaning up New York, and that's Curtis Sliwa. Not even the other guy that's running that's a cop. Because while he was a cop, he was taking his orders from Dinkins. And crime was going through the roof. Now, speaking of New York City, our least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's a little bit enojada. She's mad at Kemala Eres, Vice President Kemala Eres, because apparently she said, don't come. And that was enough to tick her off. I want you to hear how angry AOC gets in this tweet. June 7th, 2021. AOC. This is disappointing to see. This is AOC. First seeking asylum at any U.S. border is 100% legal. Second, The U.S. spent decades contributing to the regime change and destabilization in Latin America. We can't help set someone's house on fire and then blame them for fleeing their home. She goes on in response to Kemal Aires, the Vice President of the United States, and her visit to Guatemala where she said, Don't come. Don't come. AOC says this, It would be helpful if the United States would fully acknowledge its contributions to destabilize the region. Doing so can help us change U.S. foreign policy, trade policy, climate policy, carceral border policy. Wow, that's a, that's a word, carceral. She's really smart. To address causes of mass displacement and mass migration. So AOC is really, really mad. And Kamala Harris is also mad. Because Kamala Harris, Kamala, excuse me, Kamala, Vice President Harris... She's upset because she was on with MSNBC's Lester Holt and he dared ask her, but you haven't been to the border. And she's like, we're at the border. And he's like, but you haven't been at the border. And when the leftist fake news media calls you out, you get mad if you're a fake news leftist yourself. I want you to listen to what Kemalaitis had to say to Lester Holt. Check this out. Americans don't see a lot of that on a daily basis. What they yeah. do see it, they're at their own border, children being lowered over fences, yeah. children coming in with, you know, phone numbers stenciled on, on their hand. Yeah. And so the question has come up, and you heard it here, and, and yeah. you, you'll hear it again, I'm sure, is why not visit the border? Why not see what Americans are seeing in this crisis? Well, we are going to the border. We have to deal with what's happening at the border. There's no question about that. That's not a debatable point. But we have to understand that there's a reason people are arriving at our border and ask what is that reason and then identify the problem so we can fix it. Just quickly it. put a button. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. Well, I, I mentioned it because I, even, I, I know Republicans have certainly come at you on this, but Democratic Congressman Cuellar 
as a border district, has said to the, you and the president, come. You need, I care you need to about see this. Listen, I care about what's happening at the border. I'm in Guatemala because my focus is dealing with the root causes of migration. There may be uh, some who think that that is not important, but it is my firm belief that if we care about what's happening at the border, we better care about the root causes and address them. And so that's what I'm doing. Ha! Uh, this is a good one because she just really gets you to her face. She's all bent out of shape. She's like, uh, 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 excuse me, um, I care about this. Kemal Ayres is weak. She's weak like Joe Biden's weak. They're ineffective. Their inaction is evident. It's clear. And we're seeing the results. You've got young girls that are getting raped either on the way because they're being trafficked by coyotes or they're getting raped in these facilities that are incredibly overstuffed, overpacked, and overcapacity. They need to do more. So instead of the Democrats and Kemala Eres and Joel Baboso Biden and Barack Obama giving speeches at the Chicago Club about Republicans going to rig the game instead of playing by basic rules, maybe they should start playing by the basic rules. Because when Barack Obama says that we have to play by these basic rules. Those are the old rules. Listen to what he had to say, check this out. This really has to do with the, the basic rules by which we all have agreed to to keep this uh, diverse, you know, multiracial uh, democracy functioning. Uh, are we gonna stick to those rules or are we gonna start uh, rigging the game in a way that breaks it? Uh, and, and that's not gonna be good for business. Uh, not to mention, uh, not good for our uh, our soul. We're going to start rigging the game in a way that breaks it. Oh, uh, let me be clear. Mr. Let me be clear. Mr. Obama, President, sir. I say to you, yes, this is exactly why people voted for Donald Trump because they don't like the way the game is played anymore. They've realized that if you keep your suit clean and you don't get your hands dirty and nobody gets wrinkled in the process... Everybody's getting robbed. Everybody's getting duped. There's an old saying, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. So what I say to you, Mr. Obama, is this. Forget about what's good for the game. Yes, I agree with you. Let's figure out what's good for our soul. Not only the soul of America, but each of our individual souls so that we can do what is right. We have to do what is right. And I got news for you. I don't think anybody in America is playing by your rules anymore. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. That's from Hamilton. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So that's got to come to an end as well. That time has ended. The time for action is now. We're not playing by Obama's rules anymore. Trump came to the swamp. There was a new sheriff in town. We know what we have to do. We know how to do it. The example was set. It's an example of sacrifice. It's an example of putting service before self. It's an example of walking away from things that we've established and built in order to build America, to make America great again, not to sound too cliche, but that's what it means. You leave your Park Avenue, Fifth Avenue, skyscraper, Take your supermodel wife and go to the swamp to clean it up. You leave the comfort of your home as a retired person like that New York mom, Tatiana Ibrahim. 
You go to the school board meeting and you give them a piece of your mind confidently, passionately, and in an informed way. And for those who think that some of the people that I'm talking about aren't informed, too bad. You do it. Until the next time, America, I am Rich Valdez and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.